Chapter Seven of Naval Occasions by Bartimaeus. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Seven: The Ship Visitors. There's the boat! Exclaimed the younger girl excitedly. Her sister nodded with dancing eyes and half turned to squeeze her mother's arm. Half a mile away, a picket boat detached itself from one of the anchored battleships and came speeding across the harbor breathless they watched it approach saw bow and stern sheet men stoop for their boat hooks heard the warning clang of the engine-room bell and the next moment the midshipman in charge swung her deftly alongside the landing stage with a smother of foam under the stern a figure in uniform frock coat jumped out hello mother sorry i'm late have you been waiting long mind the step the descent into a picket-boat's stern-sheets, especially if you are encumbered by a skirt, is no easy matter. Perhaps the midshipman of the boat realized it, too, for he abandoned the wheel and assisted in the embarkation with the ready hand and averted eye that told of no small experience in such matters. Then they heard a clear-cut order, the bell rang again, and the return journey commenced but they did not hear the hoarse whisper conveyed down the voice-pipe to the leading stoker to whack her up and so they failed to realize that they were throbbing through the water at a speed which though causing the midshipmen of passing boats to gnash their teeth with envy was exceedingly bad for the engines and wholly illegal but then one does not bring a messmate's sisters off to the ship every day of the week presently the bell rang again and a grey steel wall dotted with scuttles and surmounted by a rail towered above them the boat stopped palpitating beside a snowy ladder that reached the water's edge the occupant of the stockhold threw up the hatch of his miniature inferno and thrust a perspiring head into view but it is to be feared that no one noticed him though he had contributed in no small degree to the passenger's entertainment the mother looked at the mahogany-railed ladder and sighed thankfully i always thought you climbed up by rope ladders dear she whispered the ascent accomplished followed introductions to smiling and somewhat bashful youths who relieved the visitors of parasols and handbags and led the way to a deck below where racks of rifles were ranged along white enamelled bulkheads and a marine sentry clicked to attention as they passed down a narrow passage lit by electric lights past a cage-like kitchen and rows of black-topped chests and as the guide paused before a curtained door a glimpse forward of crowded mess-decks then a little bewildered they found themselves in a narrow apartment lit by four brass-bound scuttles a long table ran the length of the room with tea-things laid at one end overhead were racks of golf-clubs and hockey-sticks cricket-bats and rackets a row of dirks hung above the tiled stove and a baize-covered notice-board letter-racks and a miscellaneous collection of pictures adorned the rivet-studded walls a somewhat battered piano topped by a dejected palm occupied one end of the mess and beneath the sideboard a strip of baize made an ineffectual attempt to cover the end of a beer-barrel this said the host with a tinge of pride in his voice is the gun-room 
where we live he added it's very nice murmured the visitors it's not a bad one as gun-rooms go admitted another of the escort he did not add that under his personal supervision a harassed throng of junior midshipmen had spent a lurid half-hour squaring off before their arrival after tea came a tour of the ship and to those who inspect one for the first time the interior of a man-of-war is not without interest they emerged from a hatchway on to the quarter-deck beneath the wicked muzzles of the after twelve-inch guns they crossed the immaculate planking and looked down to the level waters of the harbour thirty feet below they admired the neatly coiled boats falls the trim and slightly self-conscious figure of the officer of the watch and as they turned to mount the ladder that led over the turret a signalman came on to the quarter-deck raising his hand to the salute as he passed through the screen door who did that sailor salute inquired the mother oh replied her escort vaguely only salutin the quarter-deck we all do you know so much for his summary of a custom that has survived from days when a crucifix overshadowing the poop required the doffing of a sailor's cap then they were taken forward past the orderly confusion of the booms to a round pill-box described as the conning tower with twelve-inch walls of krupp steel and introduced to an assortment of levers and voice-pipes mysterious dials and a brass-studded steering-wheel then up a ladder to the signal bridge where barefooted men with skins tanned brick-red and telescopes under their arms swung ceaselessly to and fro they examined the flag lockers each flag rolled neatly in a bundle and stowed in a docketed compartment the black and white semaphores and the key of the masthead flashing lamp that at night winked messages across five miles of darkness from then onwards that afternoon became a series of blurred impression of things mysterious and delightfully bewildering they carried away with them memories of the swarming forecastle and batteries where they saw the sailor-man enjoying his leisure in his own peculiar fashion of the six-inch breech-lock that opened with a clang to show the spiral grooved bore rifled to prevent the projectile from turning somersaults the younger girl wiped a foot of wet paint off the calming of a hatch and said sweetly it didn't matter in the least they invaded the sanctity of the wireless room with its crackling spark and network of wires and listened all uncomprehending to the petty officer in charge as delighted with a lay audience he plunged into a whirl of technical explanations and lastly the mother was handed the receivers and heard a faint intermittent buzzing that was a ship calling querulously three hundred miles away after that they descended to electric-lit depths and were invited into cabins they visited the slop-room impossible name where they fingered serge and duck with feminine appreciation they saw the nettings where the hammocks were stowed and the overhead slinging space eighteen inches to a man and so back to the upper deck to find the picket-boat again at the bottom of the ladder hasn't it been lovely gasped the elder girl as they walked back to their hotel scrumptious assented her sister and did you notice the boy who steered the boat that brought us back 
he had a face like a cherub looked at through a magnifying glass meanwhile he of the magnified cherubic countenance was rattling dice with a friend preparatory to indulging in a well-earned glass of marsala outside the gun-room pantry the grimy gentleman whose sphere of duty lay in the picket-boat's stockhold sought recognition of his services in the upturned quart jug which is also illegal and contrary to the king's regulations and admiralty instructions End of chapter seven